Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football podcast here on the Belief Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals and the only place for every New York football team and their fans. Do you believe? I'm your host, Steven Tino Rodriguez, and welcome back to another episode of the New York Football Podcast. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, the Believe website. B-L-E-A-V.com. Like, download, rate, and subscribe on all platforms. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at NYFootballPod, as well as myself at Tino Rodriguez. We have another great show for you guys today. It's a bit of a throwback to the early days in the New York Football Podcast. We're going to have a solo show, just me. And we have some Giants and Jets talk. We have a good amount to catch up on, as well as everyone's favorite segment, Show Me the Money, makes its return. But let's start off by just stating that sports are all the way back. I've been saying sports are back for the last month, but they are officially back. Exhibition games are going off. The Mets are playing the Yankees. Baseball starts on Thursday, and it's so exciting. I am a kid in a candy store right now because so much sports is about to happen over the next couple weeks. Basketball starting next week. They're going to have exhibition games coming up in the next few days. Hockey is going to be right around the corner, and although it was all good news and then it looked like potentially bad news uh, with the NFL and their players butting heads, it seems like Things, although they were bad for a bit in terms of negotiations for the COVID testing, it appears that things have been worked out. However, as a result, there will be no NFL preseason, which is a whole topic in itself. And it's so shitty that a lot of these guys that were undrafted and taken late in rounds are going to not really have a showcase to present themselves to the team on why they should make the roster. Uh, So hopefully those guys get extended camp time to really show what they have and why they deserve to be on the team. Per Dan Graziano from ESPN, NFL and the NFLPA have agreed on testing protocols. They will start with daily testing for the first two weeks, then go to every other day if the positive test rate falls below 5%. If it doesn't, they'll keep testing daily. And now, with that said, rookies are reporting to training camp Thursday, the 23rd, and I am slowly... But surely, getting back into the New York groove again. I'm back, back in the New York groove. I'm back, back in the New York groove. Now, I know I said I'd only play that song on this show if 
the Giants did something good. But I feel like sports being back is a good excuse to play New York Groove. And our first segment actually won't even be Giants-related, or baseball-related for that matter, although we're going to get to baseball futures later in the show during Show Me the Money. We're going to provide a Jets update real quick. And no new news over the last 10 days, at least. And I didn't harp on this last episode, so I felt the need to throw it in there. But as of today, Jamal Adams is still on the New York Jets. And although that's expected to some people, and and Jets fans at this point would like to hope that things just go away and maybe he'll just show up to training camp, but nonetheless, he's still on the team. And Lev Bell came out and had a quote uh, back on the 11th. He said, I think he wants to be with the Jets. I don't think he'll get traded. I do think he'll be playing with the Jets. And now, although that doesn't seem like much, it's just a star player speaking out for another star player. But to me, the fact that Lev Bell, despite all the shit he's been dealing with, with the Jets, and trade talks for that matter, is coming out and saying with some confidence that he thinks Jamal Adams will stay with the New York Jets, (laughs) that's relatively encouraging, actually, because... I feel like Lev would have every reason to just side with Jamal and kind of insist on a trade if he's unhappy, and that's not really the case right now. So it'll be interesting to continue to monitor this, but I do think that Lev Bell speaking out of that he thinks Jamal Adams is going to end up with the Jets, that's encouraging. That's good signs for Jets fans. Just hopefully as soon as I say this and training camp starts, he doesn't end up holding out and end up getting traded. So... I'm rooting for you guys. I hope he stays. Obviously, you know I'm on that side of things. Just give him the money and hope for the best. But we will see what the New York Jets decide to do. But now with that said, let's switch over to the Giants side of things. And before I jump into the excitement I have of training camp and rookies reporting and getting all these young guys on the field finally to meet with the coaching staff and dive into the playbook, Let's just address one of the rookies that we're training with one of the veterans, and it's probably one of the more exciting news being that DeAndre Baker is currently still not going to show up for anything with the Giants due to his legal situation. So outside of James Bradbury, there is a hole to fill at corner. And now I've had Mage on this show. I've had some other people on this show, and we talk about Darnay Holmes. We talk about Corey Ballantyne. We talk about a bunch of people that could work in but now Darnay Holmes really looks like he's trying to win that position over at least try to take over that slot corner position and be on the field as he was training with Jabril Peppers he had his UCLA helmet on Jabril was rocking the fire throwback Giants helmet and it's just encouraging news we know we have a big defensive back room just really waiting for someone to step up and win the position and just fill in and act like DeAndre Baker was never even a thing. And hey, I'm all aboard the train. If Darnay Holmes wants to be a rookie starter for the New York Giants, I'm here for it. Jabril looked good. He looks in shape. Him alongside Xavier McKinney is a lot to be excited about, who will also be showing up in the coming days. And he'll be on the defensive side of the ball as well with Darnay Holmes. And now moving from the defensive side of the ball to the offensive side of the ball, Three Giants rookies, of course, that we've talked about on the show as well that I am also excited to see finally in a Giants uniform is, of course, Andrew Thomas. But we have Shane Lemieux and Matt Parrott, uh, potentially a future in two years starting members of the New York Giants offensive line. So seeing them on the field 
in Giants uniforms and helmets for the first time is a lot to look forward to. Hopefully we get that footage sooner rather than later. We'll see what the protocols are in terms of media access, but let's go. Big Blue is back, and the boys are getting after it already. We saw pictures of Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, Darius Layton, and of course the brick shit house that is Saquon Barkley just getting it going in the weight room and Saquon potentially deadlifting or squatting 800 pounds. There was a sight to be seen uh, all the way through, top to bottom. These guys were getting after it. Sterling was getting his lunges going. And, you know, Saquon is just a freak. I mean, that's really what to make the most out of uh, any of these workouts with the Giants. Saquon's going to be the star of the show in the weight room. And I'm just looking forward to him just running people over and just having himself a fucking season. Because after the Madden disrespect, and they obviously changed it, I just think all this shit is going to get under his skin. And after having a hurt season last year, I think he's locked in, man. He looks in shape. He looks ready to go. And I don't think he'll skip a beat much. Uh, even Slayton, Darius Slayton said, Saquon really strong for no reason. So, yeah, Saquon is crazy strong. And, you know, while we're on the topic of Giants running backs, although he's not actually a running back or was at this workout, but apparently, fullback Elijah Penny, who will probably see a lot of uh, on-field action with Jason Garrett, now the offensive coordinator, says he's in the best shape of his life, which I'm, I think is a phrase a lot of people are saying because they don't want people to think that after quarantine, they're somehow out of shape. But, hey, let's get this money, Giants fans. I'm down to ground and pound. Saquon can lead the way, and Daniel Jones, who also looks very much in shape, and we obviously talk about his workouts this offseason down in Duke, and now he's up in New York. Let's get after it. Let's get after it, Giants fans. These guys look ready to go, and this young core shows a lot of promise, especially that the fact that they're working out together and developing chemistry. But now let's switch over to a segment that has been in the archives for a good amount of episodes, not because I've wanted to, but just because other than Korean baseball, there wasn't much for me to talk about. We're back. Sports betting is back. That means I am back hitting the ground running, trying to make you guys some money, hopefully trying to make myself some money. Right now, we are floating in and out of the remaining dollars in our bank account here, but that's okay because this is the time to get it all back, right? When you could put together these opening day parlays and some of these future bets that you could sprinkle the rest of that bank account on, and especially in a 60-game season, the return will be vastly fast. So here we are. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. Yes. Louder. Show me the money. That's it, brother. What you got to yell last time? Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. When I tell you it feels good to be back, it feels good to be back. I got five teams for you guys here, all worth at least a sprinkle Two obvious favorites, but three 20-1 or better odds for winning the World Series, winning it all outright. And I'm going to start with an underdog, and this one was surprising to me, but not too surprising because due to a lot of the sabermetrics and advanced stats, they were one of the teams that improved the most due to the schedule rechange and the, and the conference schedules and whatnot and with the way the divisions are. The Chicago White Sox, 20-1 odds. They are the most popular bet team to win it all, to win the World Series, according to Vegas. Now, 
on DraftKings. They're 24 to 1 odds. So just a little tidbit to find better odds on them. But now I really like the White Sox mainly because of their offense. I think they have someone that you should definitely bet on to win Rookie of the Year in Luis Robert. Robert is already off to a ridiculous start in the season. It didn't even begin yet. The guy is a phenom waiting to happen. And I'm big on Luis Robert. Yasmani Grandel, Abreu, they have a lot going on there, and I think Dallas Keuchel could be that pitcher for them if need be. I think the rotation and the bullpen is really what's going to decide whether or not the White Sox are a good team, but I am definitely high on that Chicago White Sox offense, and that might be enough for them to potentially make a run and win this thing outright. But speaking of offenses, let's stay in the American League. And let's talk about what I think will be one of the best or at least most powerful offenses in the American League. And it's no surprise with the second best odds, 4-1 to one, to win it all, the New York Yankees. And as a Met fan, it was unpleasant to see the amount of home runs they hit against us. With that said, home run hitting isn't exactly winning baseball. I do expect them to hit more for contact, at least with LeMahieu in the lineup and where they back Gardner down in seven. I like the construction. I think Gary Sanchez is due for a big season. I think Judge feels disrespected, could be an MVP guy in the American League, also someone who I like a lot in that category. But really, with Cole, Cole's going to have to pitch big time, big time to cover up a lot of the holes in that Yankees rotation. But if Chapman could come back from battling COVID, and I've seen some tape on him recently of him working out, and he looks unfazed he looks fine he is working out even with COVID and I think if Chapman could come back and be at the level of baseball where he kind of was last year despite being a little up and down in the postseason the Yankees still relied on that bullpen more than the rotation in the last postseason and I think a lot of it'll be that way even if Cole is your ace despite him getting game one uh, I just think Chapman will be the key and really their contact hitting but again, that's for them to win the World Series, which is at 4-1. to one. I do think they're going to have no problem getting out of the regular season. I think their home run power and what they have can do enough to outlast the East Division. You can just see how they stack up to a Mets lineup, which, despite Cano batting third, I think has some pop to it. They were a little rusty. The Yankees had zero rust at all. Aaron Judge has like three home runs in four days. Sanchez is hitting bombs. Stan is always due to hit a bomb, but these guys look good. They're making clean contact. Guardy's going the opposite way. I think the Yankees' offense is enough for them to at least advance to the postseason, which is a guarantee for the Yankees, but, you know, this new layout could change a lot. I don't think it's going to change a lot for the Yankees. I think they're going to be fine. I think they win the AL East, and at 4-1, to one, I still like their odds to win the World Series. I think they're still pissed off from the Astros, especially Judge and He's obviously enough to carry the load, and now you have Cole in your back pocket if you do see them in the postseason. I like the Yankees a lot, and definitely to represent the American League in the World Series. Let's go back to the National League, though, and one of my deeper, deeper odds to win the World Series underdogs is the Cincinnati Reds, 25-1 to 1 on DraftKings, and I like everything about the Reds, to be honest with you. There's, for some reason, they can never put it together, but I, you could almost say this every year with the Reds. But this year in particular, that pitching rotation is very good. They don't really have a bullpen, but if the pitching rotation, at least that big three, 
of Castillo, Gray, and Bauer can hold it down. I think their back end is interchangeable enough, and their hitting is loaded that they could really compete. They're also, like the White Sox, a team that has significantly benefited in terms of strength of schedule with this reordering in the shortened season. So don't be surprised if you see the Reds outlasting the Brewers and the Cards in that division. They can handle the Pirates. Like The Reds could end up as that Central Division champ just like that. And I would not be surprised the least bit because they have the power to do it and just enough starting pitching to really make it uh, make a case, make a serious case to win this whole thing. They can make a run in the postseason with that pitching rotation and their hitting. They just have to get there. I think that'll be the harder part for them. But can they do it? I think they can. And at 25 to 1, I think it's worth a sprinkle for sure. Now speaking of 25 to 1s, there is one more American League team I have on this list that is listed at 25 to 1 now, although I like the White Sox as the dark horse and the Yankees as a safe bet at 4 to 1. The Cleveland Indians are a wagon still. Uh, they are no team to be slept on. Lindor, Ramirez seem back to normal. The pitching rotation with Bieber and Clevenger should be enough that the Indians are a team led under Tito Francona that they will put it together. They will have enough power and run scored in that lineup that they will make a case in the postseason. They do it every year. Now, will they win it all? It's tough to say. I mean, they have, they've yet to do that in hundreds of years, <laughs> close to it. But the thing with the Indians is that they're a solid baseball team. And they're definitely going to compete. And I think if you've seen these exhibition games recently, they will bring it. They're going to bring it. Lindor is back to form. If Ramirez is healthy, those are two guys that are essentially MVP candidates. So don't sleep on the Indians. And at 25-1, to 1, I think they're worth a dart throw. They are worth a dart throw. And for my last team, we have a team that if you really want to talk about being loaded and I think benefits the most from a shortened season is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, I think... The Dodgers are just going to beat the crap out of a lot of teams they face. They've done it to the Diamondbacks each of the two times they've seen them over the last couple of days. They are loaded. They have young talent, bullpen depth, starting rotation depth, an MVP. Their team, two MVPs they have now, they are so good. And it's not even on paper, but you talk about super teams benefiting and what, you know, for the same reason I like the Yankees is the reason I really, really think the Dodgers are going to just have their way with this, at least advance to the playoffs with no sweat at all. They usually have no issues over 162 games anyways, but by the all-star break of the regular season, when things were normal, they pretty much have this thing locked up. I don't think 60 games is going to change a whole lot, and I think they are locked in. Similar to the Yankees, they're pissed off about the Astros robbing them. Think they're gonna bring the freaking heat, I think. And the Dodgers at positive odds, plus three seventy-five. Obviously, the front runner, not the most sexy of all the long shot bets, but in a shortened season like this, I think it's important to sprinkle on a couple long shots. But at the end of the day, play it smart. The Dodgers get positive odds again over the length of a regular season, one hundred sixty-two games. You feel pretty good about the Dodgers making it there to begin with. Now with a shortened season, with that talent, 
my nod right now, and I know it's the cheesy way to look at it, Dodgers-Yankees does make a lot of sense. And that's what ESPN picked, but it really does make a lot of sense. The Yankees less so because of their pitching, whereas I think the Dodgers really have depth this year. It's crazy how loaded they are. And uh, for, for all baseball fans everywhere, Mookie Betts looks like he's fitting in just fine, and I hope he does not stay there after this year. Uh, we will see on that, though. But let's move into some opening day bets uh, with me now finishing up on those future World Series bets. The Dodgers, like I just talked about, and the Yankees are both on Thursday. The Dodgers will host the Giants. The Yankees will travel to Washington. Dodgers, obviously, big favorites at home against the Giants. We're going to take the run line, 1.5, minus 1.5, for a minus 130 money line bet. I, I like the Dodgers to smoke them. I might even go alternate run line, might go like 2.5 to get positive odds. But basically what I'm telling you is that I do like the Dodgers here to roll at home. They've won by like 10 runs the last two games against the Diamondbacks at home. I don't see that changing much against the mighty Giants. And I don't want to go all favorites, but I think I have to. Cole Scherzer, the Nats have looked rusty. They don't really scare me. The Mets beat them at home on opening day two years ago, last year. They, they beat them pretty much on opening day every year. Now it's the Yankees' turn. I don't see that changing. Minus 141. If I could get run line, I might do it. But as of right now, I'm going to play it safe. We'll go money line. And I like the Yankees' offense to somehow muscle out that win. And that's it for Show Me the Money, guys. Those are my bets. You heard it here. So for the futures, White Sox is the most popular bet, but 20 to 1 is a reason why that would be popular. Yankees, my prediction out of the AL, 4 to 1. I know I haven't mentioned the Mets. They're about 20 to 1. I just don't like betting on them because I try to enjoy their games as much as possible. We will then go Reds, 25 to 1, Indians, 25 to 1, and the Dodgers, almost 4 to 1, but about Three and three-fourths to one. Those are all available. Those odds are available at DraftKings Sportsbook. And, of course, as you just heard, the Dodgers run line, one and a half, minus 130, and the Yankees minus 141 on the money line. But that's it for our show this week, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening in. As always, we'll be back same time next week, every Wednesday, with more New York and gambling talk every week here on the New York Football Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at NYFootballPod as well as myself at Tino Rodriguez with two underscores. You can also follow us and download, like, and subscribe and rate everywhere. Podcast platforms are available. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, the Believe website, BLEAV.com. Thank you guys for listening. As always, tune in next week. Be safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. 
Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.